What's up, friends? It's Haley Hines, a.k.a. Bird, and you are tuning in to the Give Them the Bird podcast. This podcast is all about challenging what it means to be healthy and fit. It's about celebrating sustainable behavior change and non-scale victories. And most importantly, it's about giving the bird to the diet industry and societal expectations of body size. Why? Well, because at the end of the day, you have an entire life to live that does not require your body look a certain way. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's give them the bird. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Give Them the Bird. This is Haley, a.k.a. Bird, and I'm so pumped to have you here. On this episode, I'm going to talk about something that I think I've brought up in almost every episode to date, but I've never really taken the time to describe what it is for people who have either like never heard of it before or maybe they've heard of it but don't fully grasp what it is. So yeah, today we're going to be talking about intuitive eating, and I honestly get really freaking jazzed to talk about intuitive eating because I swear to God, learning more about intuitive eating and being able to like apply it to my own life was literally the catalyst for my body acceptance, which obviously isn't completely there yet, but for all the progress that I've made in terms of body acceptance and really ultimately this podcast. Like if I hadn't learned about intuitive eating, I really, I I don't think that I would have the views on health and fitness and movement and like body image that I do now. So um, this is a big freaking deal. <laughs> Thank you, intuitive eating. Um, so that being said, I really wanna chat today about intuitive eating kind of from my own personal experience not so much from my professional experience, though that will probably be weaved into it a little bit. But I really want to kind of take you back to how I was first introduced to intuitive eating, um, what the process looked like for me to start working towards becoming an intuitive eater, and then along the way, talking more about what intuitive eating is, um, what it's not, because I think there's a lot of misconceptions about it, and kind of go from there. Yay! I'm so excited! So for some backstory, I first learned about intuitive eating in like 2015 or 2016 when I was, actually it would have been either 2014 or 2015, when I was a a student at the University of Iowa. I was doing a practicum and part of that practicum was promoting like various health and wellness events and programs on campus and intuitive eating was one of those that I was promoting. So I didn't really do anything more than like learn a tagline for it because I would stand at a table and I was basically promoting it to try to get students to sign up for it. So I had like a tagline I would use like establish a healthy relationship with food, body, with your body and exercise, like sign up for an intuitive eating, right? Kind of like a car, like a pitch, like a little car salesman pitch. Um, But I didn't really know what any of that meant though. Like looking back, I can imagine I was thinking, oh, a healthy relationship you know, that means moving more, eating less, or maybe eating more vegetables, right? Like managing your weight. So I definitely didn't really know much about intuitive eating. And it it really wasn't until like 2018 that I was able to begin to fully grasp what intuitive eating is. Um, so fast, fast forward two years from that initial point, two to three years in 2018, as part of my training for this new job that I had just gotten, um, which is my current job, I was observing an intuitive eating workshop that our dietitian was leading. 
And I was basically participating as a student um, because I was going to be soon facilitating an intuitive eating workshop myself. So by observing it, that was just kind of part of my, my training towards it. Um, and in the workshop, like we do a various discussions and activities. And as I'm, again, kind of participating as a student, I'm thinking like, oh, yeah, like I know what this is. I'm definitely an intuitive eater. Um, like this is great. I'm so excited to teach this. And then we did a particular worksheet um, and we still do it as part of the as part of the workshop where it asks about your food rules um, and so if you're not familiar with food rules, these are basically like arbitrary rules that we create for ourselves to help us like achieve a certain body size or change our body, you know, like basically lose weight and get thin. Like what rules do you follow in order to help you do those things? Um, so on this worksheet, there's a list of food rules and as a participant, you answer them. So like some of the examples of food rules are things like, do you count anything like carbs or calories? Are there foods that you try to avoid? Do you have rules about when or how much you can snack? Um, do you have any food rules around exercise or, or that sort of thing? So basically just asking like what determines how much you move, how much you eat, when you eat, all of those kind of things that I feel like I've kind of talked about before in previous episodes. So again, sitting in this workshop, observing it, but kind of participating as a student, after I finished the worksheet um, and I answered it honestly, I was looking it over and I I literally had like this oh shit moment of whole oh, shit, there are a lot of red flags on this. It, it wasn't until I did this worksheet that I realized just how much time and energy I spend trying to control my eating and movement. Like I have all like literally 15 or so different rules in place that dictate when I move, how much I move, what I eat, when I eat, how much I eat, like all of these things. But it wasn't until I saw them all on a piece of paper together and I knew that the goal of the worksheet was kind of like to open your eyes to your food rules that I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so kind of after this oh shit moment is when I decided to really like submerge myself in all things intuitive eating um, because it was just very clear to me that what I thought was like healthy eating and healthy exercise was extremely skewed um, my perception of what that meant and really of like what I talk about on this podcast, my perception of what it means to be healthy and fit. It was so skewed from various different, um, you know, messages I'd received over the years. So yeah, after, after that, I really submerged myself in like all things intuitive eating. I read, I read the intuitive eating book, which yes, there's a freaking book. <laughs> it's more than just like a hashtag. Um, I started listening to podcasts on my like drive to work. So I started with like Food Psych um, with Christy Harrison, which is an amazing podcast. Um, I started reading blogs, reading articles, like just diving literally headfirst into the world of intuitive eating. And part of what I did too was I totally revamped my social media. Like again, the, I think the um, workshop really helped me realize that at that time I was following like your typical like influencers on on um, Instagram, like fitness influencers who were sharing like fat blasting workouts and booty building workouts and um, healthy snacks and what's healthier, this or that, um, the hidden ingredients and all of your favorite processed foods. Like 
that was that just flooded my social media and i basically um unfollowed them and started following more like anti-diet dietitians um people that were talking about body acceptance or just like not even health and fitness related accounts like just fun accounts with like quotes or travel shit or animals doing funny stuff <laughs> like i just realized that the so many of my food rules were being um what's the word? They were being reinforced. That's the word I'm looking for. They were being reinforced by the messages that I was scrolling through every single day. And like I spend, I'm a little, I'm not going to be ashamed to say this. I spend a couple of hours a day on social media. Like, and it might've been even more at that time, but anywho, so I was just like following all these things and all the information I was consuming was reinforcing all these food rules that I had for myself. And I realized that in order to one, be successful in the job that I was going to be doing, but also two, just like to be a happier human and to not be struggling with food and movement in my body for the rest of my life. Like I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to change up like almost everything that I'm doing. Um, and so at first when I learned about intuitive eating, I was like, holy fuck, like this is going to take a lot of work. Um, after this four week workshop, like I'm going to have to put in a lot of, a lot of work in order to be an intuitive eater at the end of the four weeks. But luckily I realized that becoming an intuitive eater is like, I feel like a lifelong process. Um, because now it's 2020, it's two years later from when I initially had that oh shit moment of like my relationship with food and movement and my body is not, it's not healthy. Like I thought it was. Like I'm, I still don't consider myself an intuitive eater. I still consider myself to be like on this path of intuitive eating. Um, and so if intuitive eating is like something that you're working towards, I first want to just say like, hell motherfucking yeah, <laughs> I'm so excited for you, so happy for you. But please just recognize that like with any health behavior, any behavior change, there's going to be ups and freaking downs. And because intuitive eating is basically the opposite of like diet culture and diet culture is our society, um, that you, that we as people who are becoming intuitive eaters, we have to fight the urge to go back to our old ways every single day um, because we're just inundated with messages that... Um, are promoting the opposite of intuitive eating. Um, so yeah, hopefully that gives you like a little bit of a backstory and tells you a little bit more about how I came to intuitive eating and um, again, kind of reinforcing like why it is so freaking important to me. Um, but now I want to talk a little bit more about like what intuitive eating is. So it was, and I think I've said this on an episode before, but it was created by two registered dietitians and they basically were doing what most registered dietitians do. Like they were meeting with people who were wanting to lose weight and they were providing them with meal plans to lose weight. And then the book goes into more detail about like obviously their experience working with their, their clients and their patients, but basically they kept finding that like the diet plans that they were writing up for people, the meal plans and whatnot, like their clients could not stick with them or they would stick with them. They would lose the weight that they were setting out to lose. But then the moment that they like stopped working with the dietitians or stopped using the meal plan, they would gain the weight back. And it wasn't like the weight gain that was so concerning to the to Evelyn and Elise, the two registered dietitians that started intuitive eating. 
what was really concerning to them was just like the emotional turmoil that they recognized their clients were dealing with. Like every time they regained the weight that they had lost using this diet plan, they just felt like shit about themselves. And I know I've talked about that before. Like we feel like failures when our diet doesn't work, but really it's that the diet failed us, right? We didn't fail the diet. So Evelyn and Elise um, were on first name basis. <laughs> I wish <laughs> that's my dream come true. But anywho, they basically were like, okay, how how can we help these people without creating this negative association between food and their bodies in the process? Like there has to be a better way. And so out of it came intuitive eating. So what is intuitive eating? I'm I don't know if there's like actually a set textbook definition of that, of what it is, just because I've heard the creators of it say different things. I've heard like different anti-dietitians say different things, but they all essentially mean the same thing. So um, it's really like a framework for eating that focuses around 10 different principles, which are reject the diet mentality, honor your hunger, make peace with food, challenge the food police, respect your fullness, um, discover the satisfaction factor, honor your feelings with kindness, respect your body, exercise, feel the difference, and honor your health with gentle nutrition. So those are the 10 principles that intuitive eating is based around. And the whole idea is that you use the principles to cultivate attunement to the physical sensations that arise within your body to get both your biological and psychological needs met and I'm literally reading this off their website, by the way. <laughs> like, I want to get this right. <laughs> and they also work by removing the obstacles and disruptors to entombment, which usually come from the mind in the form of rules, like those food rules, beliefs, and thoughts. So again, intuitive eating is really this framework for eating. It's a practice, and it honors both physical and mental health. Um, and it uses those 10 principles to really just like reshape the way we view food. And by reshaping the way we view food, um, we also can reshape the way like we view our bodies, we view exercise, um, all of that. So hopefully that gives you like a broad umbrella, kind of an idea of like what is this thing called intuitive eating. I think a lot of times people have some misconceptions about it. Like I see often on social media um, again, kind of like fitness influencers um, or wellness influencers talk about intuitive eating and it honestly kind of infuriates me because I can tell that they're literally only talking about it as a way to make themselves more relatable or to like expand their reach. You know, they use it as a marketing tool. And I should say that I think it's like a double-edged sword. Like, yes, I think it's great that people are hearing about intuitive eating more and that it's gaining traction. But I don't think it's good that we're associating things with intuitive eating that aren't actually intuitive eating. Like, for example, I saw on someone's page, they said, like, I help people learn how to eat intuitively with macro counting. And again, when I was talking about the food rules, like a food rule is, do you count things? That is like the first food rule that's on the worksheet that helped me realize like, oh shit, I have a lot of food rules. But yet this influencer is literally connecting macro counting with intuitive eating. And so like just that right there, it's giving people this idea that, oh, macro counting and intuitive eating belong in the same sentence or they're the same sort of thing. So I think that, yes, it's great that intuitive eating is being talked about more and like gaining popularity. 
but it's not good that we're associating diet diety things or indus, diet industry things or diet culture things with intuitive eating, like macro counting. Hopefully that makes sense. So that's one thing. Another thing that I notice um, that I think is a misconception is I think a lot of times people think intuitive eating is just just listening to your body. So like eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full. And you might have picked up on um, when I was reading off the principles, like number two is honor your hunger and number five is respect your fullness. But that those are two components of this like 10 principle model. Like there is so much more that goes into intuitive eating than just listening to your body when it tells you you need to eat and when you need to stop eating. Like there is, there's so much more to it. Um, another misconception that I think people get is that intuitive eating is allowing yourself to eat literally whatever you want. So there's kind of two sides to this. On one side, like in the beginning, yeah, you do. You literally allow yourself to eat whatever you freaking want. Like it's, I would say it falls really into like principle number three, which is make peace with food. Like the whole, the whole overview, overarching idea within principle number three is like, give yourself unconditional permission to eat whatever the fuck you want. They don't actually say fuck, but it really, really lights up that sense. (laughs) Um, So yeah, when you are first learning to become an intuitive eater, you do allow yourself to literally eat whatever it is that you want to eat. Now, the reason we do this is because of all those food rules. Like for however many years we have been conditioned to like certain foods based off of their calorie a lot or based on their calorie content or like their ingredients or like all these different messages that we've been receiving that like tell us which foods are good versus bad. Like don't eat carbs because they're bad. So we don't like carbs. Um, Don't eat bacon because it's high fat. So we don't like bacon. Like we learn to like and dislike foods based off of the impact that we think it's going to have on our bodies. Or at least I know I did. And I know a lot of the students that I work with, like that's what determines what they eat. What we don't do, we don't learn to eat foods based on how they make us feel, like physically how they make us feel, um, emotionally how they make us feel, or just based on taste. Like we do not eat foods that we enjoy. We eat foods that we think are going to give us a certain body shape or size. So by making peace with food, by giving yourself unconditional permission to eat whatever the fuck you want, again, adding in the fuck there, (laughs) um, it allows you to kind of relearn, okay, what foods do I actually like? What foods do I not like? And then by doing that and working through the, the process and the steps of becoming an intuitive eater, we find that for the most part, people adopt like a pretty balanced diet. So when you think about a balanced diet, like balanced in terms of fruits and vegetables and those really like nutritious, um, energy-filled, you know, life beautiful foods, <laughs> right? Nutrient-dense, that's the word I was going for. Um, so like the really nutrient-dense foods, we balance those with the not so neat nutrient dense foods. So yeah, like your your sweets or um, your fast food, your processed food, that sort of thing. So a lot of times people get really nervous when they think about allowing themselves to eat whatever they want. And that's a big part of intuitive eating is just like working through those fears and like where do those fears come from and why do you have them now? And are they rational thoughts or are, are they distorted thoughts? Like 
So you get to work through all of those things. And as you continue to work through there, um, we just find that typically people have still a pretty balanced diet. Um, when you like work through the fears, allow yourself to eat whatever you want. I think that there's another side. So if there's people that, yeah, are afraid of of allowing themselves to eat whatever they want because they think that they're just going to like gain a bunch of weight, they won't be able to stop eating, um, all of these things. But then there's another side, which I think this really picks out like the um, the polarizing messages that we get in the fitness and health and diet industry and everything is that on the other side of the spectrum, there's the people that are like, you give yourselves unconditional permission to eat. Like you basically are just telling people that they can go out and eat McDonald's every day. Like that's what a lot of people misconstrue this idea um, of making peace with food to be. And again, it's not, it's not about that at all. In fact, principle number 10 is honor your health with gentle nutrition. So for folks who go through the process of becoming an intuitive eater, we do get to a point where we get to learn a little bit more about nutrition and like weave it into the foods that we like and don't like and um, utilize it to help us feel like our most energized, most vibrant selves. But if we focus on nutrition from the get-go, like there's absolutely no way in hell we're going to be able to break all those food rules, right? Because I have those food rules in place because I think it's the the healthy the healthy thing to do. I think that I'm doing it for the sake of nutrition. Um, but I literally have to take nutrition out of it and allow myself to eat whatever I want in order to get back to learning what my, how my body, my body works, learning what foods I actually like the most, like learning more about myself. And then I can weave some of that nutrition back in. Um, so yeah, those are some of the common misconceptions I think I hear from people. Like again, the, um, it's intuitive eating is all about eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full. Um, or the other side of the spectrum, it's like intuitive eating is just a way to eat whatever you freaking want all day, every day. And it's like, well, yeah, partially, but like, that's not, that's not the end goal. Um, so yeah, again, that's, those are some of the common misconceptions. That's how I got to where I am and, um, and whatnot. A little bit more about my experience. Like when I think about when I think about intuitive eating um, and the process, the process that like what it's been like for me. Um, I am still on my intuitive eating journey. Like it's been two years again since I've really started to dive in, and I haven't worked with like a dietitian or. These necessarily haven't been like specific things that I've worked on in therapy. Um, it's more so related to like body size and body image stuff, but there are still things that are like sticking points for me. Um, for example, I still had a moment the other day when I picked up Halloween candy at Aldi. Shout out Aldi, please sponsor me. I'm literally looking at a $4 candle that I bought from you on Sunday and it blows Bath and Body Works out of the damn water please sponsor me. That was a side note. Um, but I literally was walking through like the Halloween candy aisle at Aldi and I was looking at the Halloween candy to buy. And instead of purchasing it based on like, you know, what makes the most sense in terms of like saving money, right? Like we're all trying to save money if we shop at Aldi. <laughs> I was like, which candy am I less likely to eat? And I literally caught myself and I was like, huh, that's interesting. Like without even realizing it, I had that food, that food ruler, like that message going in my head of, okay, well buy the food that I'm less likely to eat all of it. 
<laughs> or I'm less likely to open it up or be tempted by it. So there are still things obviously that that pop up in my head. Even like when I go out to eat, I have to catch myself um, from going directly to like the the light menu, right? Like the lower calorie or like quote unquote healthier options. And I just have to sit and ask myself like, what do I feel like eating right now? Um, so I think that's been a big thing is just trying to silence or at least turn the volume down on all of those messages that I've consumed for the past 27 years um, and that I'm still consuming because I think it's impossible to not to not consume those messages about like how big my body should be, what foods I should eat, how much I should move, all of those, all of those different things. So it's definitely a process. It's totally a journey and um, it's more than just listening to your body. It's more than just eating the foods that taste good and that feel good for you. Like learning more about intuitive eating is, it's, it's totally a self-discovery process. Like you can uncover so much about yourself um, and by learning about about your eating and by learning about your movement and like the view on your body. So if you are somebody that wants to like take the first step towards becoming an intuitive eater, you first have to underline, italicize, bold, have to reject the diet mentality. Like that is step one of intuitive eating. You have to trust and believe that diets do not work. If you aren't there yet, stop what you're doing and go listen to episode three um, where I talk about my beef with the, the diet industry and just like why, why diets do not work. So you have to listen to that. If you haven't yet rejected diets and tossed the idea of dieting out the window, then I promise you intuitive eating is not going to be as impactful as it could be. I think that there are definitely some components of it that are still going to have a huge impact on your life, but it's not going to be as successful as it could be. It's not going to make the impact that it could be if you first just rejected the idea that diets work. Um, then after you understand diets are a crock of shit, they don't work. <laughs> From my experience, the next thing I would say to do is to make knowledge about intuitive eating like super accessible. Um, we know that diet messages and like these messages that tell us that we need to be a certain size, which is typically smaller or whatever, like they are everywhere, literally everywhere. And we need to make our intuitive eating messages just as accessible, just as likely to be seen. So for me, I mentioned that was like finding podcasts um, that I could listen to, kind of like this one, <laughs> because I love listening to podcasts, but I was listening to ones that were totally diety in nature without even realizing it. And then also revamping my Instagram to include like less weight loss focused and like fake intuitive eating accounts and more accounts that were created and ran by actual intuitive eating registered dietitians, anti-diet dietitians, or just intuitive eating counselors. And you, you can know who falls into those categories by most of them will have it in their bio, like on Instagram. You can even just search on Instagram, like anti-diet dietitian or intuitive eating dietitian, whatever. Um, so we just need to make, make it so that these intuitive eating messages and like anti-diet messages are really easy to be seen for us and we can be reminded of them day after day after day. Um... Then after you've done that, I'd really encourage you to start to notice what your inner voice sounds like. What does it say to you? Um, this is going to tell you what your food rules are. So again, 
those food rules are going to be the things that tell you what to eat, how much to eat, when to eat, all those things. Like, again, for me, it was recognizing that I feel guilty if I skip a workout. Um, I look at carbs as being bad, like whatever it is. If you listen to your inner voice, you are going to learn more about what your food rules are. Um, like what does the voice say to you when you reach for like another cookie or a slice of pizza or when you order a fat ass bowl of pasta at a restaurant? Like when you choose the full fat mayo instead of the light mayo, when you want a snack after 8 p.m., what about when you skip a workout? Like just start to notice what the internal like monologue is when you when you are at those like sticky points, when you do the things that would be considered anti-diet. Um, what does it sound like? And just notice that. Again, it's like, it's what I always say. Awareness is the first step. So notice how these messages show up in your day-to-day -day life. And then when you are ready, this is easier said than done, but start to fight back, <laughs> like fight back against that internal voice, fight back against diet culture. Eat the pizza, get the pasta, choose the full fat mayo, enjoy the snacks, skip the workout, do the things that diet culture and your internal voice tells you not to do. And then notice that you freaking make it out alive. <laughs> notice that the world, it does not end. Um, it's going to potentially feel overwhelming, but it does not end. And notice how these choices make you feel, like physically and emotionally. What does it feel like when I allow myself to eat another slice of pizza? Like, what does it feel like when I just trust myself that I can skip a workout and everything's going to be okay? What does that feel like? And it might not feel so like butterfly and rainbowy. I still don't feel, always feel the best when I do the opposite of what my internal voice is. Like, that's because these issues are so complex. So it's not always going to feel beautiful, but just pay attention to what it feels like. Um, and just continue giving yourself permission to make the call. Once we realize that diets don't work and we give ourselves permission to eat what we want and trust that we will make it out alive, we are so much freaking closer to making peace with food, finding food freedom, and, and seriously enjoying life as an intuitive eater. But again, if you do these things and you are not automatically an intuitive eater, like, welcome to the damn club. <laughs> again, it does not happen overnight. It takes a frick ton of time. But I think starting out with these things, again, ditching the diet mentality, like making intuitive eating messages super accessible, noticing your, what your internal voice sounds like, and then beating it up, as in doing the opposite of it, don't actually like beat yourself up. That did not come out right, <laughs> but like challenge your internal voice. Um, I really think that those things are a good first step. And my guess, I really, I really want to say this, my guess is that for some of you, your relationship with food and exercise in your body is much, 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 much more complex than just giving yourself permission to eat and like listening to your internal asshole. Like it's, there's going to be some of you that this is way more complex than just following this podcast and, and doing, doing these things. So for those of you who feel like you really struggle with this, like this is a really pervasive thing in your life. I 1 million percent always recommend finding a mental health professional to gain support. So that's therapy or working with, um, again, like one-on-one -on -one with an intuitive eating counselor or registered, intuitive eating registered dietitian. If you're already doing these things, like 
holla, woohoo, so excited for you. <laughs> um, and especially if you're maybe like already in therapy, but this hasn't been brought up yet, like consider bringing it up. Um, again, I am not a mental health professional, but I know from my own experience that this didn't get brought up until I brought it up because I was so unaware of the significance that it played in my life until again, I was sitting in that workshop that I was going to soon be facilitating and I looked down and realized all these red flags were standing, staring right back at me. Um, and I know from my own experience that if I hadn't had a professional to work through all of this muck that is like body image and anxiety and, and food obsession, like I 1000% would not be where I am today. Um, yes, intuitive eating is, like I mentioned, was kind of like the catalyst to all of this, but it was so deeply ingrained and so deeply complex that it's not something that I could have done on my own. Like I really de did need support from a professional. Um, so I'm, I'm really glad that that I felt honestly brave enough to to do that um, because it's it's a super brave thing to do and it's really scary, but it is totally worth it. And again, not everybody is going to have that intense of like an unhealthy relationship, like, but I'm assuming that you can all benefit from intuitive eating in some way, shape or form. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Give Them the Bird. I was so excited to talk more about intuitive eating and I really hope that some of you have learned more about it and have some ideas on how you can start applying these super helpful principles to your everyday life. I'd love for you to share with me your thoughts on Instagram. You can either DM me at give them the bird or feel free to take a screenshot of this playing on your phone, upload it to your story and tag me in it so I can see all the love that you're sharing. As always, if you have any questions, always feel free to reach out to me. I can't wait to see you back here in another couple weeks. But in the meantime, go give them the bird.